0: Button tag, and welcome to Arrest All oh, the My, My name is Ben Talon. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation Podcast. Hello everyone. I hope you're well. It's morning time as I'm recording this, so good morning. If that's the same for you when you're listening, it's a great thing about podcasts. You never know when the hell someone's going to check in, so you can't worry too much about the fear of people listening way down the line and this just not being relevant. So I apologise if that's the case. If you're two years from now, hello future. the weather this week is box forests and studio games if you could see around me it makes sense, I'm moving soon, I've made the big decision to leave London Mm -hmm. yeah it's going to be interesting, off to Manchester Uh, lived there five years, love the place, awesome creative scene, two hours from London, well cheaper Um, And a smaller nucleus, if you like your communities, so there you go. It's a big call, uh, and I'm currently packing to move it. Um, Games, yeah. I got a bit carried away. This was my first studio that I could class as a professional studio. And I ended up with some unnecessary things knocking around the place. It's quite big. ...for just me... ...so I ended up with all sorts of crap... ...piled up... ...and I went to buy a sofa for the studio... ...from like the British Art Foundation... ...furniture charity shop... ...and came back with that... ...and a games table... ...yeah... It ...genuinely thought I'd use it... ...it's got a, a flippable top... ...with kind of checkerboard... ...and on one side green... ...felt or whatever it is on the other side... chess pieces, drafts... ...never used it... ...all it's had is magazines sat on top of it the whole time... ...stupid idiot... So there you go. Yeah, that's got to go now. Anyway, I found some nice, lovely new owners for it on site at Thameside Studios, where I'm based right now. Hopefully they'll make use of it. Sorry for the tangent. (laughs) We've got creative review coming up today. Yeah, nice guest, right? Creative review, probably... Would they, would you say they're the biggest? I don't know. I don't know about the biggest. It's all subjective, but they're a big, damn big magazine, right? Lovely, beautiful magazine. They've been a mainstay in the industry for a lot of years, up there with the likes of i Magazine and Adbusters. Remember Adbusters? I still, I got it. I got a new copy the other day. Uh, I studied it for my dissertation. Awesome. Check it out. Awesome use of design and just, yeah, different. They've always been a bit different. That lot, but let's not stray too far from the point. Creative Review. I'm going to be talking to the editor. Patrick Burgoyne, been there some time, knows the industry, knows people, we're going to be talking all about the magazine, we'll get onto that a little later, but quickly, I've got to thank my sponsors for the show, who keep this free every week, I hope that's still a good thing, keeping them coming, episode 84, yes, that's right, episode 84, hurtling towards that episode 100, who do you want to see? Get me your thoughts on Twitter at @arrestallthemix. Who should be my big 100? Got a few options lined up. Need to start making headway to make that happen. Um, so, Illustration Limited, my first sponsor, helped get me off the ground. My agency representing over 200 different artists, illustrators, lettering specialists, fashion designers, live artists, mural artists. So oh, it goes on and on. Staying ahead of the game. Top agency. Go and check them out. Illustrationweb.com. Heart Internet, my tech sponsor. Um, they provide everything from SEO to hosting to domain names. They give a lot of great support in social media in SEO, helping you basically get up those Google rankings and get discovered by the clients you want to be working for. Um, and they give us a little tip every month. Sorry, every week. <laughs> um that I hope is helpful. They're certainly helpful for me, anyway. Um, but I wanted to flag up Creative Review's um, migration into the digital era, basically, and the way they operate now as, a, as an online magazine as well as the print magazine. Um, they do it brilliantly. They do great features. Um, I met Salernay, one of the writers, one of the journalists of Creative Review who deals with the online stuff recently, on Annie Atkins' course in Dublin. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and check out my chat with Annie Atkins, designer for film, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. um, Bridge of Spies, Spielberg. Uh, Anyway, Salonay was there, and we got chatting about her work for Creative Review and how she gets a great sort of license to roam and do her thing. And and I talked to Patrick about how the print magazine going bi-monthly, which we'll discuss a little later, has opened up doors for their journalists to be more invested in the content. So it's quite interesting. So just go and have a look at what they're doing. And we'll talk later a little bit about journalistic integrity in terms of not selling out to the headline. You know, the the clickbait we're so exposed to these days. Um, extreme headlines or hooks to get you to the article. And it's nothing that it says on the tin. And it's, it's, oh, it's full of it on the internet. So they've just done it in such a nice way with such dignity and integrity. Uh, keeping the creative soul about covering all disciplines really and they've done it in such a way where they haven't given into the temptation just to go for sheer numbers over quality so just go and have a look go and have a look what they're up to look at the use of images videos multimedia content how they're exploring the issues that they are and um, there are many things to take away there so that is courtesy of hearts internet.co.uk printed.com my sponsor my personal Printer and show printer. Yeah, they do my flyers for the show. They do my promotional booklet for my own illustration, which I send out with a lovely handwritten letter to prospective clients. I go, less is more. I think about who I'm approaching, and I try to win business from people that I think my work would suit and the people that I really want to work for. And the the brochure that I had designed by by Laura Hawkins um, design looks awesome. She worked in magazines for years, and I sent that to printed.com and went for the recycled stock, and I couldn't be happy with the results. Uh, Very honest truth there, and they're great service, great customer service, so go and check them out, printed.com. As I mentioned, Creative Review has gone by monthly, very recently, and we'll discuss the reasons for that with Patrick a little later, but they've always been such a benchmark in at least in my time in this industry, which is nine years full-time freelance and then seven years education. And during that whole time, they were a coffee table staple, you know, they were there in the studios at uni. Um, They've been there on my own coffee table at home for a long time. Even when I was a skint student and I didn't have a coffee table, they were on some shelf or on a kitchen worktop. They were around the place, you know what I mean? top people. They, they they just cover so many interesting articles and features. I picked up last month's episode and, and I just loved the awesome feature on gorillas. and um, was quite jealous that they were able to get to Jamie Hewlett and Damon Albarn whilst I've struggled <laughs> as an independent, somewhat new journalist. Um, but they're brilliant and the printed stuff they do is wonderful and just look at how they do that too. It's a great example of... I suppose balance between digital and print printed, but it 's something that all magazines need to be mindful of these days uh, in the tough publishing industry we 're in but it just goes to show the the thing held in your hands, the escape from the noise we have online now you know that time to sit alone in the evening and flick through a print magazine it 's pretty cool, so I would say the same thing about your printed promotional material, and that is courtesy of printed dot com Cheers, guys. These sponsors, uh, they really do help. It means that I can commit to this show. I can do it every week. I did four separate interviews last week. I was seeing um, Nina Shakrabati. Uh, winner of the Books Professional category at the World Illustration Awards, which, by the way, are awesome. Go and see them. I went to the Private View a couple of weeks ago down at Somerset House. So good to see such a big, prominent space, big exhibition for illustration right there in central London on the roadside. Loads of people pouring in. It was really busy. I've been down twice. Went to the Private View, as I mentioned, and I went down on the Saturday just to take it in properly because... At these private views, you end up getting caught up on loads of wine and conversations and catch-ups, so it's hard to fully invest in all the work. So I went back, and it's just great to see the general public pouring in there like that. So go and check it out, and props to the Association of Illustrators for that, who are great supporters of the show also. Go check them out, theAOY.com. So what's up, guys? What have you been up to? I've had my head up my arse a little bit with this move, so I've not had the chance to... Spend too much time on Twitter and uh, Facebook and whatever other platforms just getting on top of what you're all doing. I've had a few nice emails recently complimenting the show, others pitching themselves for the show, which is always cool. A couple of episodes are going to happen off the back of that, so do not hesitate to get in touch with your own stuff if you feel like you've got a good angle with your work to get on the podcast. Always welcoming approaches like that. Um, I hope you've been up to good stuff anyway. Um, there's, there's always stuff flying around. I try and stay abreast of it on the Arrest on Twitter. So do hit us up at Arrest All don't, don't be afraid to tag me in things, because if it's interesting, I will consider it. Um, been down to Whitstable to see Graham Wood, one of the founding members of Tomato, who were fantastic. One of the first design agencies I was given by one of my tutors back in 2003 when I started uni. Very, very eclectic range of work. Really great creative ethos. Go and have a look what they're up to. We've got Graham coming up soon. Big conversation, covering a lot of different things about then and now, so that's one to look forward to. Um, So today's episode, Creative Review. Why did I want to talk to these guys? Why not? I mean, do you know Creative Review? I hope you do, and if not, go and check them out. They've been around for years, doing awesome things with the magazine, promoting and supporting the industry, featuring all the best and hottest new work. Um, and they're not afraid to get creative with the content as well. They're not like we've, like I mentioned a little earlier. We're going to talk about journalistic integrity and why it's not about clickbait and numbers. It's more about catering what your audience expect from you. You know, delivering great content, really innovative work, and showcasing it. So we're going to talk about what a modern magazine represents, about the migration to bi monthly and digital. We're going to talk about their maiden course, which is coming up called Mastering Creativity. Big statement, right? Said on the tin. um, Really interesting ideas, I have to admit. Uh, I'm always dubious when someone professes to teach creativity because I think it's in each and every one of us. It's more about drawing it out of people. But there's some really interesting points made by Patrick about why many people know what they like and what's good and what's not in creativity, but they find it very difficult to articulate, um, to get that across to others. So there is big emphasis placed on that during this course. So we're going to talk all about that. Um, I'm a wonderful guy, I've been in the industry for years, so some really important insights coming up on this episode. So I'm looking for your feedback. Like I said, get us hit me up on the on Twitter at the rest on the mix. Drop me an email at uh, hello at bentalent.com. Always happy to speak to you privately if uh, if the Twitter's too public, which I know sometimes it is, I see people on there that wanna get on the show, you know, like more famous people and think. Oh, do I just go in balls out and drop them a little tweet? But I don't like being that public, that up front. It's fine if it's just a little conversation or a reply to something they've said, but, you know, doing a cold approach, that full frontal, I just... Nah, a little bit dubious. Not for me. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, I'm not going to cheer you here anymore. I'm going to get to the conversation with Patrick. Thanks again to the sponsors. Illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk, and printed.com. Keeping the show free every week. Um, so I headed down to Centaur Media... Who House Creative Review and Design Week. have also been on the show in the past. Go back and have a look at that on the archive. Um, and we're discussing many, many different things. Found Patrick in fine form, and I hope you agree. So enjoy. So you guys have gone bimonthly? monthly. We have, yeah, yeah. How's that going? Well, I mean, what were the decisions? Was it? It was. Well, it's, it's a mix of. Th- I mean, it's
1: part of a bigger kind of um, product plan for the next three years, really. So it's a, partly it's about um, the way in which people um, consume print now is changing and the number one kind of reason we got back from people who were former subscribers and were no longer subscribing was not that they didn't like the magazine but actually that they just didn't have time that they wouldn't have started one issue and then another one would arrive. Mm. And uh, it was just this sort of sense of them feeling like I just you know just haven't got time to do to read this thing. So we figured out that one of the things that we looked at was well if we went bi monthly, would that allow us to um, make a better product, make something which um, could go into things in more depth, yeah. could have that if we had that longer lifespan, what would that mean? And and when we started looking at it, we thought, well actually, you know, for a long time we've wanted to do things in more depth, we've wanted to have more kind of Gravitas for the print because it's the thing that people say they want to take time away from the screen to enjoy. So, um, you know, when you're doing a print magazine, you always got this trade-off where you've only got a certain amount of space, but really you'd love to give this thing, you know, 12 pages, and you've only got eight pages mm. because that's the way the flat plan works. So, it would allow us to to give stories more space. It would also um, Respond, I guess, to the changing uh, market for advertisers. You know, there are kind of fewer of them, but there's still enough um, to sustain a print product in the right way. And also, the whole distribution mechanism for print is, is, has fallen away quite considerably. Mm. Like some of the big players in, in that area are no longer around. It's much more difficult to get your magazines out on the newsstand. And um, if you're trying to, to, to be a quality publication as we are, the kind of um, one month cycle is too short um, to um, to be out there. And you know, we were putting a lot of time and effort into issues around particular themes, and then they'd only be on sale for four weeks, and then there'd be another one. And so your magazine would then be taken off the shelves where we still felt there was a lot more value mm. left in it. So, um, and we just looked at kind of what the relationship was between the print and online and social and all those other things. We still want print to be at the heart of what we do, and it'll certainly be there for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But um, we felt that if we read by monthly we could make a better magazine, a bigger magazine, and something that would be you know, of, of higher value to people, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, just as a reader myself, one of the first things that jumped out to me was the sheer depth, the thickness of the thing. Yeah. It felt like a book, which, yeah, which exactly. to me is a great thing, because it, as you say, it feels like something you can invest some time in, sit down, and there is that rush aspect now. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing if you can kind of hide away from the world and really take your time to pick through it, as we do with the Coffee Table book.
1: I think so. And I think, you know, we, we're also responding to, you know, the whole indie magazine movement, which has been about super high-quality, um, thicker magazines that feel like they're, you know, worth one investment. And it's that whole, that whole thing that we've been talking about a long time. People like Jeremy at we have been talking about a long time. that if you're going to print... Something now, it really has to be um, it has to justify its existence. it has to be a really um, you know beautiful, enjoyable experience. It can't just be uh, you know. When I when I first started at Creative Review, which is over 20 years ago now, um, an issue of Creative Review was about 60 odd pages, and over half of that, in fact, probably about 60% would be advertising. So in terms of what you're actually giving the reader, mm. it was really not very much each month. Now, you know, we're doing 160 pages and probably only between kind of, probably about 15 of those pages um, would be advertising, so the readers are getting much, much more. Okay, popular. that is
0: better value, yeah. And how, how's, what's the response been like from the, from the staff, I'm thinking, in terms of, surely that gives them a greater investment in the things they're working on and more time to really get under the skin of that.
1: Yeah, exactly and, and, and that was certainly part of it as well it's that, um, I mean at the same time of course we're publishing stuff online mm. um, so we can, we have the ability to do those sort kind of quick pieces about something that's just happening right now, but I think uh, you know, I think with all journalists we're all kind of torn between feeding that online beast that just <laughs> demands you publish stuff yeah. uh, which can never be much depth and then uh, your own kind of professional desire to do things in the, ma- in the manner that you think they, they're worthy of so mm. you know really doing a good job on something really trying to be thorough on something really trying to have the time to go into subject so I think it, it certainly helps in, that, in those terms and
0: have those long mm. reads. and as you mentioned you've got that one big heavyweight anchor point right in the core of everything you're doing which seems to be expanding I mean, yeah. we'll talk about the course in a little while, but um, what's the balance? I mean, in terms of the functionality of creative view does do you feel that, it, that it's very much retaining everything that it always stood for? Well, what we try
1: to do, certainly in the last 18 months, is kind of really look at what it is, why are we here, what is it we're actually trying to do for people? And I think, um, you know, in common with a lot of publishing brands, you have, you have to really ask yourself those difficult questions now, I think. And I think, and this is backed up by, we've probably done more reader research in the last 18 months, two years, than we've ever done. So we've really tried to go out to our community and say, you know, what do you want from us? Mm. And um, traditionally, we were obviously, we were known as a source of inspiration, I guess, a kind of showcase somewhere where there'd be a kind of curated view of of, um, current projects and, um, you know, Looking at the people behind them and how they were made, and, and, and that sort of thing, and that's still very much part of what we do. But what we also wanted to do was to be more useful to people, I suppose, in their day to day. So, the way we've done that is to try and look at the process behind projects, but also to look much more into issues around how you run a creative team. That kind of whole leadership mm-hmm. area is something that we found has been extremely popular when we've done it on the, online. So the website can act as a really kind of useful testbed and those sorts of things. So we found in the last year that if you look if you looked at our most popular stories in terms of page views online, the vast majority of them have been stories around um, creative process and how to run creative teams and, yeah. and things like all our kind of creative leaders content. So things like the pieces that we did around stuff like... Um, imposter syndrome and how you know, we all kind of suffer from it or perfectionism or um, how you manage the creative process, how you prove the value of what you do to clients, those kinds of universal questions I suppose which taps into that sense that um, when creative people of all sorts usually kind of progress through their careers because they're a great practitioner mm-hmm. but then sooner or later they get landed in this role of, of manager or leader often without much training or support and uh, it's a bit sort of sink or swim so trying to be an area where people could share their own experience of that Mm. and what they've learned and how they tackle those kinds of issues and that's certainly something which we're going to develop and kind of taps into the thinking behind the training course as well so it's all based on this idea of trying to pick out those bits where people really want some support Mm. and some help so um making that more of what we do. So, yes, we'll still cover great work and we'll still try and unpick yeah. um, how it was made and why it was made and what uh, relevance it has to wider kind of culture, but we'll also much, much more be looking into um, issues around how you, the creative process itself, how you get the best out of people, how you work with
0: others, how you collaborate, all those kinds of issues. I think it's great. there's a great integrity there as well because... There's always been a certain I feel a certain panache about great review. It's beautifully presented. The features are are, are very. There's a certain wow factor about all of it. It really does show off great work. The the very fact that then on this other facet, you've used it like you've said there very effectively to actually the how tos, the why, the you know the journeys. That's something that people are really into. I think now because otherwise you go online and you're overwhelmed by vast swathes of competition. And yeah, um, you mentioned imposter syndrome. So it's good to see that actually that's that's happening now.
1: I think so. I think it seems to really t- attach into something. And I think it was also about trying to work out what it is that we, we could do or should do that others couldn't. Mm. So, um, you know, for a while now we've been pursuing this idea that we wanted to represent a wider field of creativity and not just our sort of traditional heartland of graphic design and advertising and those related crafts. But, you know, when we talk to people about who they get their inspiration from or who they would look to, to be um, excited by, Yes, of course, there's those um, people in your peer group that you admire, but more, more and more so it was people wanting to hear from other creative people kind of beyond their um, immediate circle. So, you know, filmmakers or scriptwriters or people in theater or people in um, writers, or, you know, the, the, uh, this idea that, that there's so much more to be learned from that kind of wider field of creativity. Mm you know I kind of liken it to um, when you go to a conference and yeah if it's a graphic design conference then you want to see the kind of your heroes and see them talk well that's fair enough but often times people come out of those conferences talking about the person who was sort of slightly left field so maybe they got some poet to come and speak or maybe Mm. they got somebody who's a film director come to come and speak and they 're the ones people usually get excited by so we wanted to bring those sorts of voices in to create a review much more yeah and look at what our kind of core readership could learn from those people in terms of how they tackle some common issues and common kind of yeah problems and has, it been, has that been a positive response yeah it's been great it 's been been really exciting I think and people have really enjoyed it I think um, you have to be quite brave when you do those sorts of things because you do notice you know, if, if all we wanted to do was to get the maximum number of page views on the website every month, all we would do would be do stories about logos because that's <laughs> always guaranteed to get you a massive number of page views and we would just churn that stuff out. But we took a conscious decision not to um, play to that and to try and stand for something rather mm. than just to feed the analytics of a website yeah. um, because it's, it's just self-defeating you find yourself having to produce more and more and more content just to stand still. And it's not ownable. So, you know, Mm. anybody now, which is a great thing. Anybody now can set themselves up, set up a WordPress blog uh, or even just an Instagram feed and start publishing. And, um, you know, that's, that's great. It's really exciting. And and it's brought a real sort of vitality to all sectors of, of publishing but what it does mean for people like us is we've got to really kind of ask ourselves those difficult questions of if we start competing on that level what do we actually stand for so and and like I say it's it's difficult because it means you um, you give up some of those huge amounts of um, traffic some of that Um, but we're lucky in that you know we're not driven by that our revenues don't come from chasing incredibly high numbers of Page views that come actually from the strength of the brand mm. and the engagement that we can give people. Yeah, and that for me feels like much sort of better ground to be yeah. on than just endlessly tra- chasing more and more and more page views. Yeah, and it's
0: the old eng- it's the old engagement conversation as well, isn't it? In that, yeah. you might be on less numbers, but if those people really do believe in you know in the morality yeah. of what you're doing, and you are on on their wavelength, then you you know then then you can't put a price on that in what we do in this industry. We well, can put a price to it. Which oh, is, <laughs> yes, it's really, yes, you can. Of as you a can. business. <laughs> like, it's like... You can put a fat, fat price on it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and, uh, you know, so it's, like I say, it's part of a wider kind of uh, plan of what we're doing and what we might be doing around things like membership, mm. um, which is something we're going to... You'll see a lot more from us um, come the autumn. Uh, and really just also trying to do more with our community rather than just... At them or for them, mm. I don't think we've done enough in that way um, recently. Certainly, and again, over the next kind of year or so, you'll see us being a lot more active in trying to do things mm. with the community rather than just for them. Yeah,
0: I think it really works as well. I just just speaking from experience when I don't know if you know Ren Renwick took over the Aoi recently, but she oh, right, yeah. got in touch. Right away off the bat, and so the one first thing mm-hmm. I want to do is I want to work with you to help the podcast. We love what you're doing, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Let's yeah, talk. Yeah. And I've been waiting for that for a long time now, thinking, Why has this relationship never worked? You know, why have I never sort of, you know, it wasn't for want of trying, but anyway, then she came from a different background, saw the value. And now I, I'm constantly plugging them to students, I'm now going out there, wholeheartedly going you need to be with these guys for all, and a whole myriad of reasons that you won't go into now, but it, it's, mm. people do like that. If you're, if you're working with them at ground level and you are trying to sort of provide those street level things, yeah. which is easy to lose sight of in the digital age, then I just think people do come back to you strong. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a really um, nice event last week where the Photographers' Gallery have got this fantastic Gregory Crutzen show at the moment, and they just said to us, do you want to do something? we could have uh, some kind of event for your readers so you know it's completely free we just put it out on twitter and, and on the website and just uh, had 50 people came along they got a, a tour from the curator they got you know tea and mm-hmm. coffee and something to eat and, and we did it at breakfast time and it was just a really nice thing to be able to offer and, and the readers get to meet each other and, and get to meet us and feel like um, you know it's a, it's a kind of that we can facilitate something, yeah. And I think, you know what we've been talking a lot about is, um, we have access to some fantastic people and things. And traditionally, you would use that access to do, uh, you know, an article. So you'd send a journalist along, they'd meet the person, or they'd go to the show, or whatever. So we're looking at how we can actually um, unlock that kind of access to the wider community. So provide that kind of um, access to the audience so whether it's allowing people to go to something like the photographer's gallery or whether it's allowing them access to a person so maybe doing more kind of live Q&A type things with people where the audience mm. are also involved so it's not just a journalist asking the question but the community can be asking the questions too uh, maybe doing things online with video um, you know, webinar type stuff so there's a whole kind of new set of tools you can play with now that can bring make it less of a kind of uh, passive relationship much more two way you
0: know. yeah it's, I mean I was just, last week I was down at DNA, DNA, DNA D, New Blood they mm. um, asked me to go and judge for the first time which was a lovely compliment and I've been down to do a talk this morning it seems that they're doing more and more things um, the academy well, as I was doing a talk last morning which yeah. made me so then when I saw the creative review course the mastering creativity pop up this yeah. week, that's why I got really excited it was kind of straight on the email <laughs> I met Salony um, oh yeah we were both in Annie Atkins course oh, the, 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 the I got course. her on the show and oh, she amazing. was covering her, her feature was great by the way, that was a really nice piece. Um, but it you know I saw that and I thought, I oh, I've got to find out about that. That sounds really quite fascinating. So tell us about what's going on with the course and how that's come about. Well
1: it, it, it's a couple of things really. I mean it partly comes about from what I was saying before about us trying to be kind of more more useful to the community and also discovering, you know, what kind of needs people have. It also came from um, our sister brand, Marketing Week. They did this really interesting online course with, they have a columnist called Mark Ritson who's their kind of lead columnist. He's got a big reputation in the industry. He's quite a kind of controversial character. but He's very well known. So they set up um, a year ago a, a pilot program or an idea for what they've called a mini MBA. So it's basically it's a marketing course that plays out over a number of weeks. Mm. It's online with some sessions which are live, so it's run by Mark Ritson and then the people who take the course at, at certain points can go online with him and ask him questions and they are wake okay. online. So um, they tried this out and it was phenomenally successful and they got people from all over the world signing up and it's in its second year now and it's growing really fast. So it showed that there's this real appetite for online learning and we've seen things like you know Skillshare and um, there's an interesting organisation here in the UK, a startup called Mastered, who've done things in photography and art direction and fashion uh, really well, actually. So it feels like um, that kind of online learning thing in the creative world, there's an opportunity there. And it's something that um, we're, we're just having a, uh, a kind of experiment with, really. And we met this lady, Claire Bridges, through um, mutual kind of contact and she, um, part of her core business is to go in and do workshops with um, designers and creatives so she goes into agencies but she also does it on client side as well and a lot of what she does is around the creative process and how people can work better together to solve problems mm-hmm. um, so we ran a few content pieces with her, she had a book come out they were incredibly popular so, and they were all around you know techniques for um, the creative process and dealing deal with various issues around that. So that kind of gave us the confidence to then, with her, develop this training program. So it's a kind of introduction to um, the creative process. It's going to play out over um, a number of weeks, um, a number of episodes online. Um, And there will be also um, some additional content where we've gone to um, various kind of leading creative people, um, ask them, the same set of questions about how they deal with certain aspects of, of mm-hmm. the creative process and creativity. So we've got, um, Sir John Hegarty is gonna do one, we've got um, Zia Zarin Slade from Fortnum Mason, we've got Caroline Pay from Gray, we've got uh, Jim Sutherland, uh, and we've got Michael Johnson doing them. So those uh, videos will be kind of extra course content, as well as the kind of online classroom type stuff. Um, it's going to launch in September and um, we did uh, with Claire uh, as a sort of, again, a sort of test we did a webinar um, a couple of months ago now just again to see what kind of appetite there might be for something like this Mm -hmm. and um, it was an hour long it was free um, and it was me and Claire going through some kind of basics around the creative process and the kind of tools and techniques you could use and we had... um, 2,000 people signed up for it, which is like more than any other thing like that has ever got uh, within the company. I think the closest to, I mean, the previous highest number of people signing up for webinar was something like 400 or something like that. Oh, really? So it was uh, incredibly popular, and um, 1,000 people listened to it live, and and then the other 2,000, I think, you know, the other part of the 2,000 watched it back but uh, 2,000 registrations for it. So that immediately sets thinking, yeah, there's, a, there's an opportunity here. And what was also really interesting was that half of the people who signed up were from the client side, because mm. we, we uh, marketed it to the Marketing Week audience as well as Creative Review and Design Week. Okay. And um, that was really encouraging as well, because it's amazing how, you know, most times if you go and speak to designers and design studios, you know, they will talk a lot about how it's difficult one of the stumbling blocks of doing great work is often that clients don't always have the kind of equipment or the skills to assess ideas and executions and inevitably it comes down to really kind of subjective things around, you know, aesthetics. So, oh, I don't like that colour, but they don't necessarily have the vocabulary or the training to express why they don't like something. Mm. So it, it ends up in a bit of a dead end where you don't really know where to go because if somebody just says, well, I don't like it, but yeah. they, they can't quite
0: say why they don't like right, it. Right, so it's more of a mechanical way of breaking down. It, yeah, making yeah, yeah, the yeah sure. okay, okay. So Because um, I was talking to them, as a viewer, I was kind of thinking, I know obviously the, the idea isn't that you are teaching creativity because we all have that to a degree, but it sounds to me like it's a way of understanding that.
1: Exactly, it's much more about processes. So it's mm. much more about, okay, if, if we had this issue to solve, what kind of techniques can we use that both... Client and designer could get to grips with, right. and maybe can use together. So they're both kind of invested in the process. And Claire's done lots of work on on that, and how you can learn, how you can do, use certain techniques to really help that process that everybody can kind of feel like they understand. Mm. But also things like, are there are there things you can put in place that act as a kind of measurement for, okay, well, what does it, what does good work look like? What does it have to fulfil to be a good yeah. piece of work? So it's not just like my opinion versus your opinion. Mm. And there have been certain companies that have introduced things. Like Heineken's got some sort of sliding scale where they assess each each piece of work. They use this to, to, to see whether it hits what they needed to do based on this kind of sliding scale of different mm. values or different sort of criteria. Um, because I think it's difficult, if you're not a creative person, you don't necessarily uh, innately understand this stuff. Mm. It's trying to give them ways in which they can provide, I suppose, feedback or assess things mm. that can be that can go beyond just, well, I don't really like it.
0: It sounds to me like it's fulfilling a bit of a void in respect of, you know, you might have uh, an art buyer or an art director in an agency, for example, and you might have that, you know, maybe that independent person just quite of graduation, or even someone who is fulfilling a role, like you said, that isn't particularly creative in an agency. It's that... There's that huge void in the middle, like you know, where we don't understand one another and it's not always for what it's, yeah. it's not a lack of willingness to to allow the staff to be creative but more the fear because it's another world. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think
1: fear is a real big part of it. So people are wary of creativity and creative people and they're wary of making them fools of themselves mm. and it can get to a place where people become, you know, very kind of defensive and scared of expressing an opinion, but then ultimately, you know, their their opinion Counts matter because if they're the ones buying the work. And I think it, so it's, it's certainly, you know, a lot of it will be about addressing those issues. But also, you know, some ideas and some techniques and some discussion around how to approach um, particular problems. So, you know, there are various techniques you can employ that if you've, that you, you know you've got a kind of issue to solve that you think is about, uh, I don't know, a communications issue or a design issue, and you're really sort of trying to. Give you some techniques to un- help unlock that, and mm. and if you were if you were running a session, what could you do that would really help people come up with ideas or perspectives, or what kind of um, why you would bring in references from other fields, for example, um, visual references or or, or or references about how other organisations have tackled these kinds of, of, of mm. situations. So, it's a lot of it is just about trying to unlock the mechanics of the creative process Mm. so that people feel more confident, uh, people feel better able to understand other points of view um, and better equipped to um, kind of go through that process in a much more sort of thorough and hopefully um, in a way that will produce better work at the end of it that everybody can kind of get Mm. on board with that
0: yeah I think it sounds fantastic so in terms of the schedule and everything how does that work is there set times for each of these sessions
1: yeah there will be um, there'll be set times that things can go out, go out on but um, you, can, you can also just watch it at your own pace um, so you, know, you don't have to be available that any particular one time yeah. um, I mean that's one of the great things about these kind of online things that you can set your own you can yeah. set your own pace for it um, you know we're still kind of looking at whether there'll be any kind of um, assessment or um, anything that you know you come out of it with um, we have got it NPD accredited so that if you're um, somebody who does that continual learning at, at work you will earn points through doing this course so that will really help particularly the kind of marketers and and people working within um, in-house Yeah, Um, and um, you know we're looking at at a moment at how um, we provide feedback and um, whether they're sort of um, how the group talks to each other because I think one of the things we've learned from the marketing week course was that people um, who sign up to this thing it's like being in a class together, you know, they go on, it's like if you've ever done an evening class or something, you know, yeah. people start to, uh-huh. sort of have, you know, get, get, start talking and other go for a drink afterwards. And so yeah. it's how, how do you replicate that kind of spirit yeah. online? Yeah. So, so, you know, maybe you share it. maybe we can create some kind of group or, you know. Mm. So those sorts of things I think are still, sort of, we're still working through, but um, we're going to start filming um, all of Claire's sessions uh, next month. We're filming the interviews with the um, creative pioneers at the moment, uh, which has been great. Actually, we've got some really, really good interviews mm-hmm. with people, um, and I think it's—I think they've enjoyed them as well because it's you know asking them questions about things that they probably kind of understand um, mm-hmm. just uh, innately, but um, we're getting them to really kind of think about why why they do these things and, and how they work. So I think that's yeah. really, and what they think creativity is, and uh, so it's been—they've been really interesting fun to do um so yeah i think and and, you know it's going to be a big kind of learning experience for us we we obviously we hope it's we hope it's popular um but what we really hope as well is that it helps us then take it on and then next year look at what else we can do Mm. um do we do things that are more kind of craft based do we do things which are more about um specific kind of areas of I think we, you know, we're starting with something which is quite general because that's the, probably the best place th- to do it, and mm-hmm. then um, take it from there. Really.
0: Yeah. Do you think uh, this is? In it, I mean, this is. There's probably no right answer to this question, but and you know, I'm um, going down tonight to do the cover the shift. Oh B&AD yeah. Program, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. specific specifically for people yeah. not been to university, which yeah. I'm kind of, I thought I've got to get on that. I've got to go find out about that. Sounds great. Now with the, the big thing of tuition fees, I mean, last week I saw an article about, you know, it's worse than a mortgage to have yeah, a student loan, yeah, yeah. is it? I thankfully missed this kind of brutal time I was when it was quite manageable still. Yeah, me too. Do you think we're going to start seeing more and more alternative options within industry, just because we in the industry understand the imperative importance of keeping the flow as... I don't, say, you know, I don't want to sound like this is like you know, the end of universities, but you know where I'm going. I mean, yeah. in terms of I, things I, are going to start changing.
1: Absolutely, no. I, I think absolutely. I mean, I think it's probably two related but separate things. So I think certainly with um, you know con- continual learning and the acquisition of new skills, there are so many more options for people now, and, and um, I think for anybody who's in the creative industries you know there's that continual need to keep up to date so whether it means that you suddenly need to start working with video or whether it means that there's uh, you know some kind of um, whether it's HTML5 or anything that comes out that's a new um, platform or new um, skill certainly uh, this kind of online learning is you know ideal for that I mean you know everybody now you need to work out how to fix your tap you go on YouTube and try and find a video <laughs> from some plumber so you know that, that, that kind of uh, sharing skills and I mentioned you know skill sharing in the States is becoming really really popular I think that that increasingly is going to become um, a big area that people are going to be using but whether it will ever form replace formal education I mean I I think it's a big challenge for universities there are going to be a lot of people who are not going to want to pay that, those fees. I think, I think a lot of, um, in a lot of areas of, of creativity we're, we're seeing the influence of the kind of software culture, uh, whether it's through you know, the adoption of things like agile working methods or whether it's the whole kind of you know, minimal viable product and all those kinds of areas. And I think we're also going to start to see in education where a lot of people in, in the kind of um, developer world they don't necessarily have those sort of formal qualifications, and if they need to learn something, they'll just go off and find a a source mm. um, and and get themselves up to speed. And I think we we might well see a lot of those kind of models being applied um, to well, the creativity in a more you know, in, a, in a wider sense. Yeah. And you know, when you when I speak to people about you know what what you're looking for, you know they they in in young people, you know they're looking for people who have done really interesting projects, probably self-initiated projects, or they're looking for people who've um, you know, got great experiences and skills and it's not necessarily that formal degree that they're looking for. On the flip side of that, I'd say that there's still something really important about that um, formal education in terms of um, maybe the softer skills, maybe the skills about, that you learn outside of the classroom just by going to university and the way you kind of develop as a person. And, uh, you know, I'd certainly say that the university experience is still, to my mind, incredibly valuable. I think universities are just, like everyone, you know, going to have to think about what and how they're they're providing. Um, And I guess it's, you know... Tutors that I speak to are certainly not unaware of this. They're yeah. probably more aware of this. than called ferociously so. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's a really patronising to sort of suggest that they don't know that these things are going to need to change. It's just that in academia, these things take a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think that you know most tutors that I speak to are, are champing at the bit to try and uh, you know look at new models and, okay. and, and and do what it takes to to to. Um, do the best for their students. They, you know, they're ferociously committed to their students and doing the best for them. Yeah. So I certainly don't think there's any lack of will.
0: Oh God, no, quite the through, opposite. Yeah, mm. they I, really I do a lot of guest lectures and then every one of them is frustrated because it's this dusty old model where yeah. everything else is moving so fast and that doesn't mean it makes it irrelevant. But like you yeah. said, there's some big questions to be asked I think to, to, to rectify that. So what would be fascinating
1: is if a kind of viable alternative model emerges I mean we've seen it in other countries because their education systems are different so for example in Sweden everyone cites the example of Hyper Island as a private university that emerged out of a kind of frustration that industry wasn't getting the kind of people that it wanted and it was backed by people that come from marketing and advertising and creative backgrounds and suddenly you know these people were emerging that had these skills that people were crying out for and obviously that's a different system to hear but I could certainly see a, a situation where somebody well-known, whether it's d and or whoever it is, um, provides something which really catches on and grows yeah. really fast into being a kind of viable alternative mm-hmm. that is credible and um, has the right quality to it um, and could be an alternative. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it's really interesting to see who really going to grasp that, but it feels like there's a moment now where that could really emerge. I think uh, so. And the smart universities will might well be the people who just are able to move quickly enough to provide that themselves, mm-hmm. um, or it might be like you know
0: an entirely new kind of
1: disruptor, yeah, yeah,
0: in that segment. But I think it's really crying out for it. I think so, and I think quality positives can come from it because it will. Force the change from the university is yeah. awful, you know. The sort of shock value of someone else arriving. Yeah, at and, I, and I think, you know,
1: it, it's, it is quite um, shocking how little contact time students get in all sorts of on all sorts of courses, not just creative courses, but all sorts of courses with, with tutors and, and, um, and how, you know, little kind of formal provision they get, if you like. Yeah. Um, so I think you know the time is right to really question that and, and as I say you know I, I'm more than aware that um, you know most academics themselves are mm. are you know well more than well aware of that and really want, want to change
0: yeah um, I, don't think so. I think so. It could be really exciting. seeing yeah. What happens? Yeah. How have you found all this personally as an editor? As sort of, are you enjoying the, the shift into multimedia and kind of the broadening of things? Yeah. Def- broadly, yes.
1: It's been you know much more fun to have all these channels to have the ability to. I mean, from a very basic level, you know, I remember when we first started uh, what was then the Creative Review blog, and we went from being a monthly print magazine to something that could publish immediately and get feedback immediately. Um, that was really, you know, exciting, quite scary. Um, <laughs> I think all the writers at that time, and when we used to have, you know, that when we used to have that really kind of lively, sometimes vitriolic comment section on the magazine, on the, on the website, it was, you know, it was quite daunting to publish stuff because, you know, you'd have people kind of taking you to task and everything, and uh, which was, you know, it, and the best of it was great. But the worst of it was, you know, it did get to a situation where you just thought um, it wasn't a great reflection of of the brand. Um, So I think um, we're investigating something at the moment which might be um, a step on from commenting and allow for discussion, Mm -hmm. but in a much more um, hopefully fulfilling way, a much less kind of um, vitriolic way. And I think a lot of people are looking into into that you know have seen a lot of newspapers and other publishers close down their comment sections and um, a lot of it happens on on social media now anyway mm. so I don't think many people get large numbers of comments even if they wanted them still, you still get them in certain places like Guardian for example or in the kind of creative world you get brand new it still sort of attracts quite a lot of comment but whether that has much value or not I'm not,
0: I'm not really sure it descends into Squall's a lot of the time and it it's famously uh yeah, heartbreaking at times. It's just can kind be of quite rough. Yeah, and I think it, it, you know, on the
1: one hand, you want you love that kind of democracy was fantastic, and the idea that people who were the sort of so-called uh, big names in the industry, or that sort of relative term when it comes to something like graphic design, but that, that anybody could challenge them and could voice yeah. an opinion on the work was was fantastic. You know, and people, some of those people. Um, some of those names got very upset about it but actually I think it was a very kind of healthy thing that their work could be challenged yeah. and their status could be challenged um, but I think at the same time what you didn't want was a situation where people were afraid to share their work or God, voice yeah. and opinion and I think it went too far the other way sometimes yeah well, it does
0: and that's the bad thing about it but, but yeah that's something really interesting I'm looking forward to seeing what, what goes on there with the new, yeah, the new one well um so the last thing I always ask my regular guests and it's a question I call a shark in the tank so on the spot, sort of a love-hate question and I ask people for a love and a hate or a positive and a ne- negative, very loosely themed within creativity, completely open question
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god a <laughs> um, love of people's reactions to this but yeah.
1: I mean, it, you know the, the, uh, it, it probably sounds a bit the best thing about this job is actually the incredible people that you meet and getting the chance to go and, and, and see those people and see that work and, and that's still for me incredibly thrilling and um, it's um, and also actually you know to see the um, the value that Creative Review has been able to bring to people is is really kind of gratifying so you know it's, it's well, I know, and I know I think I could speak for the rest of the team when I say this that when people when you've kind of maybe um, written about somebody at their degree show and then you've seen them then go and get their first job and you've maybe written about a project that they've done there and they've gone all the way through to, to now be a creative director or something and you, meet, you might meet them at an event and they might say, oh yeah, you guys wrote about me on my degree show. So, you know, the sense that you've been there for them along that journey yeah. and, and, and supported them, I mean, that, that's a, a really kind of gratifying thing. Um, so that would be on that positives would be definitely that I think negatives I think um it probably comes back to you know some of the reasons why we tried to step away from the comments on the site that the I think particular graphic design, less so some of the other areas that we we write about, but particular graphic design can still be very kind of narrow minded and can be quite a, a kind of paranoid bitchy sort of place Mm. and I think um, you know it was always really disappointing to me the way in which some things were discussed in very kind of um, in a very narrow minded way Um, and I think um, it was probably just because things like commenting just magnify that and make it seem like everybody's like that and you know there was a through those comment sections you get a lot of the kind of jealousies and pettinesses um which kind of existed in probably all creative fields um, but especially so graphic design were really kind of magnified yeah. and you know, that, that was something that I didn't feel like it truly represented most of the people that I met so it was one of the reasons why as I say we stepped away from encouraging that kind of yeah. commenting because it, it, it didn't feel right for the brand it didn't feel like it was a genuine reflection of the of the industry and it didn't reflect well on the industry I don't think so that's probably one of the things that was kind of frustrating to me that um, the way in which the work was discussed I suppose yeah
0: I agree I couldn't agree more I mean yeah someone who loves all that you know anything events like being in the pub and having those conversations about things it's a wonderful constructive thing and we all have the things we don't like but to to understand why and discuss that openly is a, a beautiful thing but yeah. to just lash out or to like you say the narrow mindedness I don't understand it, all that like, say it's a product of whether it's bitterness, pettiness and it's not a nice side of things. We
1: certainly, you know, we certainly want to be uh, a forum for criticism as in you know, the real formal use of that term and absolutely to question the, the industries that we cover and the work that gets done and why it gets done and how people uh, mm-hmm. practice. But there are, there are kind of healthy ways to do that and, and unhealthy yeah. ways to do that.
0: I always think if you could look that person in the eye at a round table crit like we had at you know, college or uni and say those things, fine. If you, if you, <coughs> if you wouldn't dare do that, maybe leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, That's just right. a, I think it's a dignity yeah, yeah. thing. But there we go. <laughs> but, um, and lastly, where can people um, find information about the course? And... So the, um, just on
1: creativereview.co.uk and obviously on all our social channels we'll be be talking a lot about it in the next few months
0: wonderful that's been brilliant thanks for your time Patrick thank you (laughs) cheers to Patrick for taking the time to sit down and talk for so long a busy man with a lot on his plate Uh, means a lot um, compiling quite a list of uh, kind of creative press. We've got Design Week on there on a couple of occasions. We've got Creative Review now. Um, as I record this, I'm going to chat to iMagazine this week too. Um, all doing something different, all doing important work, and all featuring us guys, right? Us illustrators, designers, photographers. So it's really important. This kind of media and press um, can really elevate what we're doing i've been featured in creative review and design week a couple of times over the years and on every single occasion it's led to something wonderful whether it's a, a meeting with a new person or a, a job or a, you know some kudos or a new column or many many different benefits so it's well worth getting your work to these guys and seeing if they're going to cover something that you're doing it doesn't matter how subversive how personal the work is you'll find that creative press really do actually latch onto them the more out there stuff the more original personal work is what's really attractive to these guys so hit them up go and check out their websites find out how you submit stuff and go and do it um so yeah hope let me know what's going on like i mentioned earlier get us your feedback on the twitter uh, at arrest Mix. drop me an email hello at com. always happy to hear what you guys are up to and and it doesn't matter whether you're a graduate student a 10 year old kid go back and check out that episode a little while back a 10 year old freelancer little lad who's uh, flogging his drawings at school. He's got a whole little racket going on. It doesn't matter whether you're in this giant or whether, you know, 50 years experience, one year experience, no years experience. I don't care. If the idea's there and you're doing something interesting, then I'm always happy to feature it on a restore Mimics. So get them coming in. Cheers to the sponsors. Illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk and it.com and also the Association of Illustrators for their ongoing support. I do um, urge you to go down and look at their exhibition, the World Illustration Awards. Really, really brilliant stuff. We've had Claudine O'Sullivan on the show, winner of the advertising category Professional, for her Apple Pencil campaign, which was absolutely knockout, by the way. Lovely last two, so go and have a look. Go and hear her story. Great to hear someone so new to the industry doing such big things. Um, I went down to talk to Nina Shakrabati earlier in the week, A wonderful illustrator, uh, born in India, raised in London. Awesome, awesome creative work. She won the books category for her awesome Hello Nature with Lawrence King Publishing. I'm going to be doing a two-part episode looking into artist books with Lawrence King and Nina, so watch this space. Uh, All going on, loads of exciting stuff coming up. Like I say, thank you for the support. Thanks for the listens and the shares. Um, Kyla Paolucci last week went down a storm, designer at HBO, discussing the balance between a full-time creative job and keeping creative and keeping on top of your own personal work, so don't miss that one also keep it coming guys it means a lot please do go and drop us a little review on iTunes if you get the moment if you're a fan of the show that really does mean a lot and help spread the word so cheers keep checking in as ever stay creative and we'll chat to you very soon